We're going to be learning in Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi, the third piece in Hilchus Mikvos. This is Parak Tes Halacha Vav. And the unusual thing about this is this piece is printed out of order. The previous piece is on Halacha Tes, three Halachas later from this piece. So I'm not sure why they printed it out of order. Although this piece does build on themes from the previous piece, so it helps to know the previous piece. But there's been other instances in the Sefer where a previous piece is connected with a later piece and there's still printed in order. So I'm not sure why they did that here. Either way, Rab Chaim in this piece continues his discussion from the earlier piece, differentiating between Mayan spring water and mikvah water. So again, the context of this Rambam is that in this chapter, he's differentiating between the different levels of water that purify in Halacha. And there's two main types. One is Mayan spring water, and then there's mikvah collected water. Now, the two main differences are that Mayan water water does not require 40 saw, whereas mikvah collected water does. And Mayan water can be zochalin, it can be flowing, whereas mikvah water cannot be traveling out of the mikvah at all. So the Rambam discusses a middle case. Let's say there's spring water, but it was overwhelmed by mayim shuuvin, water that had been in a vessel. So now this is a middle case. On the one hand, it is spring water, but on the other hand, since a majority of the water is not natural water, so it has some halachas in common with the mikvah. So the Rambam writes, There is a level of purifying water, which is a minority of mayan water, and a majority of mayim she'uvin. So, so these waters are equal to a mikvah that they cannot be zochalin, they cannot be traveling, they have to be gathered together and standing still. And these waters are equivalent to a mayan that they do not require a minimum measurement of 40 saw, but any small amount of the water could purify. So the Rambam rules that in this middle level, which is between mayan water and mikvah water, so it has one similarity with each of the major categories. On the one hand, it cannot be moving water. So in that regard, it's similar to a mikvah. Since a majority of the water is not natural water, it has to be standing still and gathered together to purify. On the other hand, it's like a mayan that it does not require 40 saw. Even a small measurement could purify. So that's how the Rambam describes this middle case that in one regard, it's like mikvah and in one regard, it's like mayan. Now this comes from the Mishnah in the first chapter of mikvahos, but the Ran in Nidarim Mem Amad Bays has a long discussion about mikvahos, and there he asks on this Mishnah, how is this possible? If this water is considered mikvah water, so then it should require a measurement. And if it's considered mayan water, so then even if it's zochalin or flowing, it should still purify. So how can there be a middle category where the water is neither mikveh or mayan, but it has qualities of both? So based on this question, the Ran rejects this understanding of the Mishnah. He says there cannot be one body of water that has qualities of both mayan and mikvah. It has to be either or. So the way the Ran interprets this Mishnah is that it's actually talking about two different cases. There's a difference between where the Mayan natural water was originally naturally flowing versus where it started to flow new areas that it's flowing in because of the added Shuvin water. So the Mishnah is differentiating between these two areas of the flowing water. Where 
the water has always been flowing, so that has the full halachas of a mayan. So the water can be zochalin and it doesn't need 40 saw. But where it's newly flowing because of the added sheuvin water, so that has the halachas of a mikvah and it needs to be gathered together and it requires 40 saw. So in the first part of the Mishnah where it said that the water is like a mikvah, that it has to be gathered, so that's talking about the areas of new flow. And there, in fact, you do need 40 saw as well. And then at the end of the Mishnah, when it says that this water is like a Mayan, so it doesn't require 40 saw, that's talking about the natural flowing areas. And there, in fact, Zochalin is also good. So there is no difference between Zochalin and 40 saw. Either the water is fully like a mikvah or the water is fully like a Mayan. And this Mishnah is telling us that there's a difference between different parts of this flowing water. So that's how the Ran understands it. But the Rambam clearly does not read it that way. The Rambam reads that both parts of the Mishnah are talking about the same case. So the Rambam is back to the Ran's question. How can there be the same body of water that has some halachas of a mikvah and some of a mayan so it has to be gathered together but it doesn't require 40 saw? How can there exist this middle category that's neither here nor there? So Rab Chaim's first answer for the Rambam is based on the halacha of immersing in a wave, which he discussed in the previous piece. The Mishnah in the fifth chapter of Mikvos says, Gal ubo mem If a wave leaves the sea and it has 40 saw in it and it crashes on a person or vessels, so they're purified. So immersing in a wave, according to this Mishnah, purifies. Now Rab Chaim points out that obviously the wave is moving. So this is a case of Zochalin and still it purifies. So this wave must be considered Mayan water. Now there's two options for that. Either the wave comes from the ocean as waves normally do and that would be in accordance with the view of Rabbi Yehuda in that chapter in the Mishnah. He holds that an ocean has the same status as Mayan water so it purifies even if the water is moving. Or alternatively the case of the wave could be that it comes from an actual Mayan So there's a spring that became a river and that water has a wave. So that, according to everyone, is Mayan water and it purifies even if it's moving. So the wave comes from water that has the status of Mayan water. And that's why even though this water is Zochalin, it's moving, but it still purifies. Now, the Mishnah says that the wave has to have 40 saw in it. So this is now, again, a middle case that combines two different halachas because normally Mayan water does not require 40 saw. So this is water that does purify even Zochalin, but it still requires 40 saw. Now, the reason this wave is not considered fully Mayan water is because since it detached from the ocean or the Mayan, it's no longer part of the original Mayan water, so it loses its status of Mayan water. And that's how the Shach in Yoradeya in the Laws of Mikvah, Simen Reish Aleph, Sifkat and Chaf, explains this halacha. So basically the wave is no longer considered fully Mayan water because it detached from the Mayan water. So that's why it requires a minimum of 40 saw. But still it purifies even Zochalin. So in terms of that halacha, we don't change the status of the wave water. Meaning we don't say that since it's not a Mayan, so it all has to be gathered together. So 
we see from here that there's a key difference between the requirement of Ashboren, that all the water has to be standing still, versus the 40 Sa'ar requirement. So this wave, which is detached from the Mayan, even though it loses some of the status of Mayan water, that's only in regard to requiring 40 Sa'ar. But it does not lose the Mayan water status in regards to Zohalin. So it does not require Ashboren, even though it's no longer considered regular Mayan water. So Rab Chaim formulates this distinction that the halacha that Mayan water does not require a minimum measurement is only said with regards to the Mayan water itself. Not any water that comes from the Mayan. It has to be the Mayan water itself. So if the water gets detached from the Mayan, it now requires a measurement. It cannot be a kol shahu, just a small amount of water. On the other hand, the halacha that Mayan water can be zochalin is said not only about the Mayan water itself, but about any water that comes from the Mayan. So even if the water detaches from the Mayan, so long as it came from the Mayan, it's still pure purifies with Zohalin. So that's why this wave that detached from Mayan water, even though it loses the ability to purify with Kol Shehu, with a small amount of water, but it can still purify with Zohalin. So now says Rab Chaim, if we apply this framework to the original Halacha in the Rambam, it will explain that as well, even though the ruling is actually the opposite. In the case of the wave, Zohalin works, but it requires 40 saw. And in the case of the Mayan water with the majority of Mayim Shuvin, so it does not require 40 Sa'a, but it does have to be Ashboren. Zochalin does not work. So the rulings are the opposite, but says Rab Chaim, they're the same logic because the criteria for Kol Shehu is that it has to be the Mayan water itself as opposed to Zohalin, which is any water which comes from the Mayan. So if we apply that now to this Mayan that has a majority of Mayim Shuvin, so again, the Halacha of Zohalin does not say that this water itself is Mayan water. It applies to any water which comes from the Mayan. So based on that, says Rab Chaim, when water comes from the spring and then it starts flowing down the river, so that does purify even though it's Zohalin. But that does not mean that that water is considered Mayan water at this point. It's considered water that comes from a Mayan and it still purifies through Zohalin. So now Rab Chaim saying the flip side of his definition of Zohalin. Originally he said that it applies even to water that came from a Mayan but is now detached. And now he's adding that the flip side of that is that any Mayan water, even if it's flowing directly from the spring, loses its status of Mayan water with regards to the halacha of Zohalin as soon as it leaves the Mayan itself. So that's why when it's overwhelmed with Mayim Shuvin, it cancels out the Zohalin halacha because this water is no longer Mayan water. It's water that came from a Mayan. But once it's overwhelmed with a majority of other water, so it loses its ability to purify through Zohalin. So what was a leniency in the case of the wave that it purifies even Zohalin is now a stringency in this case that since the water is not actual Mayan water, it's water that came from a Mayan. So on its own, it could purify Zohalin. But once it's overwhelmed and canceled out with the majority of Shuvin, so it loses the ability to purify Zohalin. Now the halacha of Kol Shehu only applies to 
actual Mayan water. So when the water comes out of the spring and goes down the river, the fact that it purifies with Kol Shehu indicates that it's still considered actual Mayan water with regards to that halacha. So that's why even if it's overwhelmed with a majority of Mayim Shehuvin, it doesn't cancel out the ability to purify with Kol Shehu because that halacha comes from it being actual Mayan water. So the other water can't cancel out that characteristic. The majority of Mayim Shu'uvin is able to cancel out characteristics that are within the water itself. So if the water has a certain halacha and it's overwhelmed by a majority of other water with a different halacha, so that will nullify the halachas of the minority of water. But if the halacha doesn't come from within the water itself, it comes because it's considered connected part of something else. So there's no way for other water to cancel that out. So that's what happens with the Mayan water that purifies with the kol shahu. That's not a characteristic that's intrinsic to the water itself. It comes about because this water is still considered totally connected and part of the Mayan. So since that halacha follows from the fact that this water is considered part of the Mayan, so other water can't cancel that out. So that explains why in this case where there's a minority of Mayan water and a majority of Mayim Shu'uvin, it requires Ashboren like a mikvah, but it still purifies with a kol shehu. Because in terms of the Zohalin question, this water is no longer connected to the Mayan itself, even though it has the status of Mayan water to purify with Zohalin, but now that got nullified with the majority of Shu'uvin water. But with regards to the halacha of Kol Shehu, the majority of Shu'uvin water can't nullify that halacha because in that regard, the water is still considered connected and part of the Mayan, so other water can't cancel out that ability. So this is the first answer Ab Chaim suggests that there's a different criteria for Zohalin versus Kol Shehu. Zohalin applies to any water that came from the Mayan versus Kol Shehu, which only applies to actual Mayan water. And the way that plays out in this case is that the Zohalin can be nullified by a majority of Shu'uvin water while the Kol Shehu cannot be nullified. But now, says Rab Chaim, even though this approach fits in the Mishnah that discusses immersing in a wave, it is not going to work in the Rambam himself because he understands immersing in a wave differently. And here Rab Chaim repeats what he said in the previous piece. The Gemara in Chagiga Yutes quotes a Brisa Matbilin Beroshin Vein Matbilin Bekipin, Lufisha Ein Matbilin Baaver. You can immerse in the edges of the wave where it crashes down. So once the wave water hits the earth or the water, then you could immerse in it. But you cannot immerse in the middle of the wave as it's going upwards. And the reason is Shein Matbilin Baavir. You can't immerse in air. So once the wave crashes, then it's considered on the ground and the water can purify. But while the wave is up in the air, it cannot purify because a person cannot immerse in the air. Now, this halacha comes from the Sifra in Parsha Shmini, and it says that just like a Mayan, a spring is always in the ground. There's no such thing as a spring in the air. So too, a mikvah is like a Mayan that it must be on the ground and not in the air. So from Mayan, we derive that all all purifying water in halacha must be on the ground and not in the air. So a mikvah in the air is not going to work. 
So that medrash is a simple explanation why immersing in the top of the wave doesn't work until it crashes to the ground. But the Rambam at the end of this chapter codifies this halacha differently. One cannot immerse in a wave that's up in the air before it crashes to the earth. Even if it has 40 saw, because you can't immerse in zochalin so certainly not in the air. So the way the Rambam formulates this halacha, it's not that the issue is specifically to the air, it's based on the problem of zochalin. Since you can't immerse in flowing water, so then you certainly can't immerse in water that's in the air because being in the air is even worse than flowing. So the way Rab Chaim reads this, the Rambam is saying since the wave is detached from the Mayan, it does not purify with Zochalin. So that means according to the Rambam, any water which detaches from a Mayan requires 40 Sa'a and it also has to be Ashboren. So even if the water originally came from a Mayan, it does not purify with Zochalin because once it's detached, it totally loses the status of Mayan water completely and it's fully like mikvah water. So according to this reading of the Rambam, Rab Chaim's whole distinction between Zochalin and Kol Shehu falls apart. There is no difference that Zochalin applies even to water that left a Mayan, whereas Kol Shehu only applies to the Mayan water itself. Both of them only apply to Mayan water itself. If the water leaves the Mayan, it loses both Zochalin and Kol Shehu. So the whole distinction falls apart. So now we're back to the Ran's question on the Rambam. Why does he differentiate between Zochalin and Kol Shehu in this halacha? Now, at the end of the previous piece, we discussed that the Chazon Ish questions Rab Chaim's reading of the Rambam because he points out that the Kesef Mishnah at the end of this chapter has a long discussion of the case of the wave and he reads the Rambam differently than Rab Chaim. He understands that even according to the Rambam, a wave does purify with Zochalin. So this is the same debate again between the Kesef Mishnah and Rab Chaim as the previous piece. Again, Rab Chaim is reiterating his view that according to the Rambam, which is the simple reading of his language, a wave that detaches from the Mayan or the ocean loses its status of Mayan water and no longer purifies with Zochalin. So that's against the Kesef Mishnah. But according to Rab Chaim's reading, so this is not going to be a good answer for the Rambam. Now, Rab Chaim points out that we could still say the same approach to answer this Rambam, even though the Rambam understands the case of the wave differently, that there is no difference between Zochalin and Kolshehu over there because in this halacha of the Mayan water that's overwhelmed by a majority of Mayim Shu'uvin, the logic is still going to work. And the case of the wave is actually worse than this case because in the wave, the water is totally detached from the Mayan. So that's why it totally loses the status of Mayan water and it doesn't purify with Zochalin or Kol Shehu. As opposed to this case where the water is still attached to the Mayan, it's just overwhelmed by other water. So it might still purify with Kol Shehu. So the explanation in the Rambam still makes sense, even though there's no proof from the case of the wave, because the wave case is one notch below this case in terms of the water being totally disconnected from the Mayan. But says Rab Chaim, even though the 
logic could fit in this case, but we don't have a proof from the case of the wave to differentiate between Zohalin and Kol Shehu, so we can't just make up that logic on our own. The way he originally formulated this idea was based on a distinction in the case of the wave, and then he applied it back to this halacha. But if we lost that distinction, according to the Rambam, in the case of the wave, so then it's hard to formulate that logic in this halacha. Now, Rab Chaim does point out that the rush in Hilchus Mekvos, Simon Yud Gimel, does write explicitly that a wave does purify with Zohalin. So the rush clearly argues with the Rambam the way Rab Chaim interprets him. The Rambam is saying that a wave does not purify with Zohalin, and the rush clearly says that it does. So maybe we have this whole distinction now in the rush, and once we see it in the rush, we could apply it back to this halacha in the Rambam. But says Rab Chaim, we still have no proof for this distinction within the rush because he might agree with the opinion that a Mayan always requires even if it's a full-fledged Mayan, it still requires 40 saw in order to purify a person. So that's why in the case of the wave, it requires 40 saw because even though the water is detached, it's fully Mayan water. That's why it works Zohalin, and it still needs 40 saw because every Mayan water requires 40 saw. So we have no proof in the rush that he considers the wave detached Mayan water, and it has a different status from regular Mayan. Mayan water. It might be regular Mayan water because according to the rush, even if the water detaches from the Mayan, it still retains its full status. And that's why the wave purifies with Zohalin and still it requires 40 saw, which is the regular rule of Mayan. So this was an issue that Rab Chaim went through in the previous piece. There he attributed this whole approach to Rabbeinu Tam. He holds that a Mayan always requires 40 saw to purify a person based on the case of the wave. So you see that he holds that a wave is still considered fully Mayan water, whereas the Rambam disagrees and holds that once the water detaches from the Mayan, so its status is downgraded. So the wave is considered a detached water, and it's not fully Mayan water. That's why it requires 40 saw. But again, according to the Rambam, Zohalin also doesn't work. So according to the Rambam, the wave water totally loses the status of Mayan water. So we don't have any Rishon clearly saying that there's a distinction within the wave water that on some level it's like Mayan and on some level it's like not, meaning it does require 40 saw, but it could purify with Zohalin. So since we don't have that clear, explicit distinction within the wave, we can't apply that distinction to this halacha. So instead, Rab Chaim tries a totally different approach. Now, his second answer to the question of the Ran is based on an approach that Rab Chaim's used in earlier pieces, and that is anytime the Torah gives a minimum shear measurement for something, there's two ways to formulate this. Either the Torah is saying that with less than that measurement, there is no object of which we're speaking, or the Torah is saying even though there is an object, but the measurement is required in order to obligate this halacha. So for example, when it came to the walls of a sukkah, Rab Chaim discussed whether the minimum measurement is because less than that, it's not considered a wall, or even though it's considered a wall, it doesn't meet the halachic requirements. Similarly, when it came to the requirement of challah, Rab Chaim discussed whether if the dough is missing the minimum measurement, it's not considered dough at all, or it is considered a dough, but it's not obligated in challah. So the same question comes up with mikvah. The minimum measurement of 40 sa'ah, is that because less than that is not considered mikvah water, or it is considered mikvah water, it's just the Torah required 40 sa'ah. 
So says Rab Chaim, the requirement of 40 sa'a is just a measurement. There is no intrinsic problem with the water. Even a little bit of water is considered mikvah water, but the Torah said that in order to purify, it requires 40 sa'a. So in that regard, this requirement is different than zochalin because water which is flowing is intrinsically disqualified from purifying. So there's a difference between the requirement of 40 sa'a versus Ashboren, that 40 saw is not intrinsic to the water itself. It's just a measurement of how much water the Torah required in order to purify. So now if we apply this idea to these halachas, so what comes out is when the Torah said that Mayan water purifies even with a little bit, it does not require 40 saw. So what that means is that the Torah is giving a special dispensation that there is no minimum shear required for Mayan water to purify. So what follows from that is that even if other non-Mayan water is added to the Mayan water, that water also purifies without a shear. Because if the problem would be intrinsic to the water itself, so then the non-Mayan water doesn't get fixed by coming into contact with the Mayan water. But since the whole issue to begin with is that the water is missing a shear, there is no problem in the water itself. So since the Torah says that the Mayan water corrects that problem so it has no need for a shear. It works even without a shear so it's also going to correct any water that connects with it doesn't require a shear as well. So that's why in this halacha where there's a majority of Mayim She'uvin poured on top of Mayan water so all of that water now has the status that even a little bit of it is as if it meets the minimum shear. So all of it has the qualities of Mayan water that it doesn't require 40 saw. Even a little bit is as if it meets the shear. And it doesn't matter even though a majority of it is Mayim She'uvin, it still doesn't nullify the Mayan water because first of all, the Mayan water itself purifies with even a little bit. So it doesn't matter that there's a majority of non-Mayan water because the minority of Mayan water continues to do its thing and purify even with a little bit. In addition, the Mayan water transforms all the other water. So it's not even being nullified anymore. We don't even view this as if it's a majority of Mayim She'uvin versus the Mayan water because any water that's connected to the Mayan water purifies with a Kol Shehu. So all of this majority of Mayim She'uvin has now been transformed and it has the status of water that doesn't require a minimum shear. So even a Kol Shehu purifies as if the small amount of water met the shear. So that's why in this case, even a kol who continues to purify, but zochalin is not going to work because that is an intrinsic problem of the water. So flowing water is not considered mikvah water. Now the Torah said that even so, flowing water does purify in a Mayan, but that's not saying that the Mayan water is as if it's gathered together. It's saying that zochalin doesn't disqualify Mayan water. So the non-Mayan water that gets added to it is not going to be transformed. It doesn't change status as if it's gathered together. And if it's Zochalin, it's still going to be a problem. So since in this case, there's a majority of Mayim She'uvin, it nullifies the Mayan water. And if the water is flowing, it does not purify. So that's why the halacha in this case is split. That Kol Shehu does work because in that regard, it's as if all the water is transformed. So even a 
small amount meets the shear, but Zochalin still does disqualify because the water itself is disqualified, so it can't transform the majority of Mayim She'uvin. So that accounts for the Rambam's split ruling in this case. So those are Rab Chaim's two approaches to answer the question of the Ran on the Rambam. The first approach differentiates between Zochalin and Kolshehu that the leniency of Kolshehu only applies to the Mayan water itself as opposed to Zochalin that applies even to water that's detached from the Mayan and that's based on the halacha of immersing in a wave and the second approach differentiates that Zochalin is a problem within the water itself as opposed to the 40 saw, which is a requirement of a shior, but without it, there's no problem in the water itself. It's just missing the minimum measurement. Now, just a historical note, this piece from Rab Chaim seems to have been one of his earlier ideas because the Imre Moshe, Rab Moshe Sokolovsky, who was a Rosh Shiva in Brisk, in Simen Aleph Os Yud Aleph, quotes it. So he was not a traditional student of Rab Chaim, but he does quote from him throughout his Sefer. And this is one of the pieces that he quotes, the two answers on the Ran's question. And then he questions Rab Chaim's approach. But either way, this seems to have been an idea that was out there. Now, Rab Chaim's main disciple, Rab Baruch Ber, in the Birka Shmuel on Yevamos Simen Chaf Aleph, also quotes this idea, but having seen it in this Sefer. So this was one of Rab Chaim's popular ideas to differentiate between the Halacha of Zochalin versus Kol Shehu, and in the back of the Or Olam, they quote all sorts of discussion from the Stipler and Rabbi Michal Feinstein and others.